0: Hey, this is Don Nyam, aka Stingray, from the movie Undefeatable, and you're listening to the Kung Fu Drive In Podcast. Welcome to
1: the Kung Fu Drive In Podcast. Adjust your speaker box, sit back, relax, and remember your Kung Fu may be good,
0: but mine is better.
1: An arranged marriage puts a Chinese Kung Fu student with a beautiful and accomplished Japanese martial artist, but when they don't see eye to eye, it threatens to throw two cultures into a war over pride. Welcome to the Kung Fu drive Podcast, I'm your host Jeff Vita and in this episode, we go into couples therapy Kung Fu style with Heroes of the East. Heroes of the East, aka Shaolin Challenges Ninja, is a 1978 Shaw Brothers film directed by Lau kar and stars Gordon Liu, Yasuaki Kurata, and Yuka Mizuno. This film was notable for portraying Japanese martial arts alongside Chinese Kung Fu in a respectful manner, as opposed to the norm of casting the Japanese as villains, which happened a lot in Hong Kong cinema at the time. Case in point, Yasuaki Kurata played the head of the evil ninja clan in Ninja in the Deadly Trap, which I featured in a previous episode. For you Gordon Liu fans, last week we did My Young Auntie, where Liu played a supporting role in which he was as far removed as he could be from the Shaolin monk character that defined him for much of his career. In this movie, again we get to see some of Gordon Liu's versatility as he plays an off-type character for him. Liu was never bothered by the typecasting that marked his career because he was such a devout Buddhist that he was more than happy to continue spreading the message of Buddhism via his monk characters. The movie opens up with Gordon Liu's character Ato grousing to his servant about his upcoming arranged nuptials to a Japanese woman who he only met as a kid. She was an ugly kid. I know. Oh big and lumpy. That's right. The marriage is a business deal for their fathers in order to merge their two companies, so don't tell me that romance is dead. <coughs> Otto first tries to pretend he's sick to get out of the meeting, but he can't hide his disdain for the whole affair for very long.
0: I'd rather die than marry her. Ah, nonsense.
1: Otto's father is not about to sit idly by and watch his business deal go to waste, so he sends a servant out to fetch a doctor fast. As the servant steps out into the parlor, he gets his first good look at Kuda, the Japanese bride-to-be, and is dumbstruck by her beauty. He pulls Ato out of his room and awkwardly presents his wife-to-be. Ato's eyes go wide as Kuda stands up and demurely smiles his way. They're both clearly pleased with at least the first sighting of one another. So just like that, the arranged wedding, which Ato was so opposed to just moments before, is suddenly on again because now Ato can't wait to find out what's under Kuda's kimono. We cut to wedding day and the happy couple is being presented to the gathered guests, both Chinese and Japanese. Here we get a taste of what to expect from this film as the Chinese guests can't make heads or tails of Kuda's choice of a white wedding dress, while Otto looks like the happiest mortician ever in his all black outfit, red sashes, and black hat. Customary Chinese wedding rituals are not honored by Kuda, which sets some of the guests tittering again, but Kuda holds firm. Sometime later, several servants are talking about something they overheard that sounded like fighting. When Otto's servant confirms that his master isn't practicing kung fu at the moment, the other servants leap to the conclusion that Otto is beating his new wife. Okay, so I'm going to play the soundbite from the film as is, and I'm going to put this in context for you. A young man and a young woman are newly married and still in their honeymoon period. What would you think was going on if you overheard something that sounded like this? Yeah, that's what I thought. But of course the servants don't think that. They assume that the beating allegations are true and go to tell Otto's father what they found out. Otto's father isn't the type to confront his son directly about trifling matters such as domestic violence, so as he's leaving for a business trip to Japan, he leaves some cryptic advice for his son.
2: And the man who bullies his wife is quite despicable. Guda. Dad? Yeah. If he ever bullies
1: you, I want you to tell me. Later Otto confronts a servant and finds out that people do think that he uses his wife for a punching bag. We shift over to Kuda, who's in her yard practicing her Japanese martial arts. She's throwing punches and kicks with ease and looks comfortable doing so. Now, there's very little info out there on actress Yuka Mizuno, so I can't be sure if she actually knew martial arts or not, but she doesn't look like anyone would do much beating on her without her answering back. While Kuda is practicing, her gi opens up and flashes Ato and his servant a pretty hefty dose of side boob action. While the servant gawks, Ato leaps in to try and close it up, but as he grabs at Kuda's gi, she instinctively grabs his wrist and flips him like an omelet. She assumes a fighting stance and playfully challenges Ato to a little battle. We get some more gratuitous cleavage before Ato shuts the play fighting down. On their way inside the house, Kuda and Ato discuss the fighting style that she was using. Kuda is obviously proud of her art, but Ato is just a bit more critical. But it leaves you a rowboat. People can see. Well,
0: this outfit is good for picking.
1: Well, possibly it is, but it's not very elegant. Not for a girl. Lu then puts on a great demonstration of the methods that Chinese girls use for fighting and shows off the fancy footwork required for them to throw kicks, but still remain poised and maintain their modesty. Kudo appreciates the lesson, but isn't quite convinced. Ato, meanwhile, gets back to his daily routine and heads over to his school to catch up with his fellow students. He gets a rude awakening, however, when his boys start calling him out.
2: I said, your Japanese wife is a good fighter. Somebody saw her once and she was throwing you around.
1: Back home, it's the servant that winds up on the wrong end of an Otto beating as Otto tries to regain control of his reputation. But just as he's about to lay the smack down, another servant runs in, screaming about a wall coming down. Outside, in the courtyard, a wall is indeed coming down, but only because Kuda is kicking through the solid brick and collapsing it. Not content with destroying the architectural integrity of the house she lives in, she then goes on laying waste to the marble statues that line the yard. Otto rushes in with a sensible question. Hey! Hey!
2: Now look! Do you have to smash
1: up the place? Kuda replies that without proper training equipment or a gym, what else was she supposed to do? Now, ladies, especially you ladies out there that practice the martial arts, I'm sure that might sound like a logical response, but on behalf of the Atos of us out there, that's just crazy. Faced with the prospect of his wife's fury leaving them both homeless, Otto broaches a sensitive subject, and we get to the meat and potatoes of this film. I'm a Chinese. You should learn our style.
2: Well, I'm Japanese. Don't
1: don't and for anyone in a relationship, you all know how well that goes over. Anyway, Kuda promises that she won't tear up the house anymore because her training gear is on its way. When it arrives, even Ato marvels at the variety of weaponry that Kuda trains with. She sews off a kendo blade, a pair of sai, a spear, and a kusarigama, which is a chained hook. Now mind you, as she unpacks these weapons, she demonstrates them on Ato and tears up the place in the process. I'm an understanding guy, but at that point, I'd have to think that there's a screw loose in Kuda somewhere. This is only backed up by the next scene where Kuda takes over Otto's gym and moves her stuff in there. That by itself wouldn't be such a problem, right? You make room for each other's equipment and you work out as a couple, no big deal. Except Kuda decides that she has to take all of Otto's equipment out of the gym to make room for her stuff. At this point, even the most understanding guy among us would be hearing the alarm bells. Otto arrives as his stuff is being carted out and confronts Kuda. Her responses are to the point.
0: I don't know them. Or they're used. And to me, they look
1: like garbage. Offended, Ato shows off eight-stroke style with his Chinese sword and Kuda responds by showing off her kendo style. Neither is willing to give props to the other and instead lay insult upon insult until the pair quit messing around. Fight scene. Ato and Kuda let the steel fly and do a wonderful job of showing how differently the cultures wield their blades. Kuda's approach is solid and swift with powerful strokes while Ato looks more fluid and organic. They trade blows for a while, sizing each other up until Ato manages to slip inside and disarm Kuda.
0: Not garbage.
2: You see that now?
1: At this point, after having just attacked your spouse with a deadly blade, you'd think that cooler heads would prevail and you might try talking it out, right? Nah. Kuda heads over to her weapon stash and pulls out a spear. Otto whips his out as well and the fight continues. At least for Otto, because he puts on a clinic and shows superior spear skills over Kuda. He randomly stops during the fight to explain how his spear and technique are better than hers, which only serves to infuriate her more. Guys, here's a relationship tip. If you ever feel the need to prove that you're right to an angry woman, don't. Because if you prove it to her, you will never ever be right again.
0: Japanese is the best.
1: That's all garbage.
0: The Chinese is garbage.
1: We just tried it.
0: Who
1: won? Oh, Ato, that's going to come back and bite you. And bite it does as Ato tries to put his hand on Kuda's shoulder to calm her down, only to have it slapped away as she storms off. The cold shoulder treatment continues during dinner where there's a cool little food fight where Ato again shows off his superior abilities. This is followed by more cultural posturing as Otto and Kuda discuss the various weapons of each country in a martial arts kind of foreplay with the climax being a secret weapon from each side. For Kuda, it's a hairpin that she throws right through the window, shattering the glass. And for Otto, it's a back-mounted set of long darts that he launches at Kuda and into the wall behind her. The impasse continues into the next day where the pair even fight at breakfast and beating up on Ato's servant in the process. It's that bit of insensitivity to an innocent that snaps the pair out of the squabble for just a moment. After blaming each other, they decide that they need to fight one another in the gym.
2: Trevor!
0: Sushi Jackknife is a weekly show about depressed children's characters. Dead soul of my mother that lives in the moon. And uh <laughs> an apathetic Jorge shook his head no and walked off. Christmas tuba man. You've been brought here on a mission of the most high import tuba man planets of miserable slugs so on this giant slug planet i can't get over this idea giant slug planet. Um, I, I I really there's one musical slug just one just one just one yeah and do his song for me and like he that? and he just he only plays it to torment the other slugs. super bananas from the past he's a super banana from the past he's from the past he went to the future but he's from the past Walmart haiku is At last, true? dreams come true yeah, you're right. Bullets, hot pockets, nose spray All in the same place <laughs> <laughs> Original games Number two Yes. Who said it, Garrison Keillor or Lil Wayne uh-huh. A girl in a bikini Is like having a loaded pistol on your coffee table There's nothing wrong with them But it's hard to stop thinking about it That's Lil Wayne No dude, it's Garrison what? Keillor Sushi Jackknife is over fifty episodes strong and as binge-worthy as the Vicar of Dibley. No one knows. what that is. You're, you're right. I mean, no one knows. I mean, I know what it is. Is it, it necessary that people know what it is? Well, I mean, you just referenced an obscure British sitcom that no one watched. I mean, I watched it. You are literally the <laughs> the people on the show didn't watch it. Yeah. Anyway. The opening was a hymn. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like a lot of people know about hymns, now, but I, I, no one cares. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want, if it, like, comes around, like, listen to Sushi Jackknife. We're on iTunes and Stitcher and whatever the fuck else. Yeah. Yeah. We exist. We exist. It's a <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Fight scene. Otto and Kuda go knuckle-knuckle with no holds barred. This, however, is still a Chinese movie, so Ato does always seem to have the upper hand as he again stops randomly and points out how his style is better at anticipating moves and countering attacks. A frustrated Kuda keeps charging, though. They take turns calling out their fighting styles as they go and eventually draw the attention of the staff. The fight graduates to batons and tanfa, with the signature line being thrown out by Ato when he has Kuda disarmed again. Your pole is too short. If that doesn't sum up this movie, then nothing does. Kuda storms off again with Ato giving chase. He enters another part of the gym and as he's waiting for Kuda, several spikes and blades drop from the ceiling, slicing a section of Ato's sleeve. Kuda, laughing and dressed in full ninja gear, hops over the railing from above and explains how if she were serious, Ato would be dead. She goes on to explain the art of ninjutsu to Ato, but he comes back with a sick burn.
2: In Chinese, we call it
1: murder. Believe it or not, the argument escalates from there with Ato basically calling ninja evil, which of course isn't what Kuda was counting on as respectful acknowledgement.
2: You're not fit to fight me, you
1: know nothing. The bickering eventually reaches critical mass and Kuda boards a boat for Japan. There Ato's father witnesses her getting reacquainted with her Japanese trainer Sanzu, played by Yasuaki Kurata. Back in China, Ato bears a bitter grudge and spits on Kuda's name until a servant approaches him with an idea to get her back, and it turns out to be the worst idea ever. Kudo,
0: your Japanese martial arts are not in fact Japanese, they originated in China. The techniques are the best in the world. Japanese martial arts are very poor, as you ought to know. Because I beat you every time. But I suppose it's possible you have made progress. And if you have, and you feel you have any chance, come on back and let's have a contest.
1: The idea here was to get Kuda so mad that she'd return to prove herself to Ato. Instead, Sanzu rudely reads the letter to his dojo and takes it as an insult to all of Japanese martial arts, and uses it to fuel a culture clash. The leader of the dojo takes it upon himself to answer the insult and decides he will go to China to answer the challenge himself. He's joined by Sanzu and six other students, all eager to prove the worth of Japanese martial arts. The eight of them and Kuda board a boat to China and head straight to Ato's school. They call Ato out, and Sanzu sizes him up and explains why he's there.
2: That's a letter I wrote my wife. How do you get it? Your
0: wife is. Japanese. And so any challenge to her is a challenge to us as well.
1: These are my favorite fight scenes from this movie, because it was stuff like this that fueled many of our play fights when we were kids. Now, instead of just arguing over which style of kung fu was better, snake or monkey, etc., the world had opened up to arguing over whether you'd rather be a ninja or a Shaolin warrior monk, or would you rather have shurikens or Chinese darts, or nunchucks or a three-section staff, and so on. Up first we get the kendo master and his blade. Again, the powerful and fierce Japanese style is countered by Gordon Lu in his graceful and almost balletic movements. A key moment happens when the kendo master drags his sword through some dust and tosses it towards Ato's eyes. Ato blocks it and counters the following strike and then turns it into an attack which would have killed the kendo master. Beaten, the kendo master sheathes his blade and, as per Japanese custom, offers his blade to Ato. Ato, unfamiliar with the gesture, rejects the blade which is a source of great shame for the loser. kendo master drops to his knees and is about to commit seppuku when Sanzu steps forward and stops him. This sets the stage for each of the fighters now to take their turns against Ato to prove once and for all whose martial arts reign supreme. Ato's school wants to back him up, but their headmaster is hesitant. Ato lays down the logical response. Teacher's right. Mustn't enlarge it. Since they've come for a duel, I'll fight them one at a time. If I lose, then it only concerns me. They're all, however, leery of karate, knowing it to be formidable. Everyone has advice on which style Otto should use, but the headmaster puts his foot down.
0: Always, you use the opposite technique to them. You know
2: what style that is. What style is that? What style is that? What style, is he what style to... is that?
1: Drunken god. We're introduced to a slovenly and disheveled Lao Karlung playing a drunk with a reputation for being a secret kung fu master. Otto's classmates, in a bid to help him learn the drunken god style, goad the drunk, who doesn't normally take pupils, into teaching Otto without actually teaching him. Fight scene. The classmates coax the drunk into fighting them, and the barefoot Lao Kha lung puts on his best drunken shoes as he stumbles across the screen, beating on the students who come at him. His technique focuses on fancy footwork, and Otto watches closely, emulating everything he sees. It's a very compressed training sequence, with Ahto's classmates serving as guinea pigs for his benefit. In a matter of minutes, however, Ahto has apparently learned enough to apply this style to his next fight. The last time I watched a drunk do anything, the only thing I learned was how to throw up on yourself as little as possible and continue drinking. On his way home, Ato is stopped by Kuda. She explains the gesture of the kendo man and how serious his refusal of the blade has turned things. The next day, the Japanese send notice to Ato on the location of the next confrontation. Kuda tries to stop everything, but Sansu simply will not hear it. Kudo, we came here only on account of you, because the Chinese beat you. Ato rushes into the scene, sizes up the karate expert, and gets ready to throw down. Fight scene. It's a karate versus kung fu showcase with the forceful and aggressive karate master going up against the swift and supple kung fu stylings of Ato. The karate guy is so strong, he splits a boulder in two with an elbow strike. As Kuda looks on nervously, the karate guy unleashes a series of kicks that find its mark. This prompts a switch for Ato to the Drunken God style which confuses the Japanese. Gordon Liu staggers and stumbles around and puts on an absolute clinic with the Karate Man unable to see where the next strike will come from. The fight ends with Ato's thumb lodged in the Karate Man's throat. He concedes and Ato graciously pats him on the shoulders and sets off to prepare for the next fight. fight scene. Next we have a weapons expert who uses the nunchucks and the tanfa. Ato in preparing for this battle decides to go with a staff and the three section pole. It's always fun to watch Gordon Liu work his magic with this weapon because it's amazing the things he can do with such wild looking things. Liu said that this is not his favorite weapon to work with, because it's so unpredictable, but watch him work it in the 36th chamber of Shaolin and become a believer. This is a blisteringly dynamic fight as both combatants are obviously skilled. Sticks and chains are flying everywhere as they size each other up and give no quarter. The distance that the three-section pole affords, Zato, gives him an advantage as does their natural entangling properties, which he uses to disarm the fighter of his tanfa. Faced with using only his nunchucks, against the three-section pole, the Japanese fighter makes a call.
0: I give up i Am no match for him.
1: For now. Amidst the hooting and the hollering of his servants, Ato tempers their enthusiasm. Don't crow. There's more yet.
2: Fight scene.
1: Next is the battle of the spears with the Japanese Yari facing off against Ato's Chang. This is another really cool contrast of styles even though I'd never think that there could be much difference to spear fighting. I mean, how many ways can you hold a spear? This is why it could only take 20 minutes of Taekwondo. Ato, meanwhile, uses the tassels of his spear to disorient the Japanese spearman and disarm him, breaking his spear in the process. Fight scene. The next day, we get the Japanese sci fighter going up against Ato's butterfly swords. The Japanese actor in this fight gave his character a signature twitchy nose akin to the witch from Bewitched. This fight starts out in a rickshaw and then ranges throughout several locations in the city with the Japanese spider using the terrain to his advantage. Ato is more than up to the challenge though, as his swords echo the side perfectly. After disarming the Japanese fighter of one of his size, Ato proceeds to draw the fighter closer and takes the other side and holsters it for the Japanese fighter before he even realizes it. Ato 4, Japanese fighters 0. Fight scene. Next up, the big burly judo master takes his turn but arrives in the middle of the night. Given that the rules stipulate one fight a day, he goes to sit down in the gym and proposes to wait until the next day to fight. Ato and company leave him there just as the clock strikes 12 midnight. At that, the judo man jumps up and calls for the fight to commence. The judo man looks to have the advantage here, throwing Ato around at will. Ato does his best to avoid him until his servant lends a hand by dousing him with oil. The judo man can't get a grip and becomes flustered. Ato uses his rash movements against him and a timely throw of an oily rag convinces him to concede. Kuda warns him that Sanzu would be using ninjutsu, which is very sneaky, and on a tip from a servant, Ato spends some time covering his steps with steel balls. At the stroke of midnight the next night, Ato waits for Sanzu to make his appearance.
2: Do you long for the good old Saturdays filled with morning cartoons and sugary cereal? How about the lazy days? Just veggie in front of the telly all afternoon. Well, I do, and that's why Saturday Morning Pajamas was created. Tune in every Wednesday and Saturday for a good old dose of nostalgia, B-movies, and the latest cinematic hits. Check us out at www.nonoms.net. That's www.nonoms.net.
1: Final fight. It's a game of trickery here as both combatants try to draw the other out with deception. Sanzu even dresses as Kuda before delivering a sword strike that only hits the padding that Otto has filled his shirt with. The rest of this fight proves to be just a prelude to the next day's battle. At a lakeside rendezvous point, disguised as old men, both fighters pull out all the stops in terms of weapons and subterfuge and go at it in the open countryside. Karate is fierce with his spear as is Lu. Every weapon gets a turn here and it's awesome to watch. Sanzu, however, wants a more intimate battle, and goes in with a sword, which Ato answers in kind. This is a dizzying exchange, and just when you think it's over, Sanzu pulls out some more ninja tricks, and extends the fight to a hand-to-hand battle, when he lets loose with a Japanese crab technique. Ato responds with the white crane style, and again, it's just a showcase of skill and style that's so much fun to see unfold. The fight carries to a river, where Sanzu enters the water and seems to disappear. Ato gives chase, and while searching the water, spots a reed moving and as he follows it, he steps into the water and gets a baseball of something that knocks him unconscious. Sanzu picks him up and brings him to a location where the others are gathered. The kendo man, wanting to teach him a lesson, steps in to cut his arm off, when Otto springs awake and reveals that he caught what looks to be a poison dart in his mouth. The kendo man goes in anyway, but is stopped by the combined forces of Ato and Sanzu. The fighters come to a sudden understanding there, and Ato sums up the lessons perfectly. But skill's not so important. What counts is the morality behind the skills. You agree? Otto completes the sweep and explains in detail the misunderstanding of the letter and the sword gesture. The kendo man again offers his sword and in a final scene, Otto grasps it with both hands, closing this chapter.
0: Hey guys, this is Bill. This is Phineas. And together we're the Tattooed Bananas. We do a comedy podcast, and on our comedy podcast we talk about all kinds of wacky crap, like... Nutscaping. I'll tuck you in tonight. Turning your funeral into a funeral. Can I have an ice pop? Can I have a candy? Dick fishing, furniture banging, and so much more. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and connect with us with the Potter and Family hashtag on Twitter.
1: Yeah, don't forget to check out the Instagram. Throw a bag of bagels at someone's head. This movie is a classic for so many reasons, even with the body count never ticking past zero. Chinese-Japanese tensions were a touchy subject, and this movie took strides to bridge that gap. As for us fans, it opened up new avenues of martial arts to explore and play in the real world, and somewhere, that argument still rages, I'm sure. After all, ninjas are pretty damn cool, right? Okay, Poison Clan, that's it for this week. I know it's late, but I was playing Pokemon Go and walked into a forest and got lost for a few days, but I got me a rapid dash in the process, so it's all good. Meanwhile, shout at me on Twitter and Instagram at Kung Fu Driven or the Facebook page Kung Fu Driven Podcast. I just recently submitted my humble little podcast to iHeartRadio, so if it's approved, I may be showing up there soon. But otherwise, catch me on iTunes or Google Play Music on whatever podcatcher you choose to use. Until next week, peace.
2: This time it's war We smash the place up With a dragon cloth We walk into the tea house Ready for some action Drink a little wine And get drunk And then we fight in hack This time it's war We smash the place up With a dragon cloth I see the iron fist Erunked from the daily Press. Shouting monks on the hands Running down the thousand stairs The fatally carnals in King Yu's hands With the fearless I They're over the land. Yet yeah, the little bit soldier Is older and wiser He wants a world of peace Because he doesn't want to fight got the venom mob lit. Down the law Bruce Lee delivered kicks Guaranteed to great jars Fight for the cars and pause here The on The end back kicks Will defeat the outlaws Very good But boards don't hit back Yeah the death jewels here Derrick D is coming back The Tai Chi master Jelly's even faster Could channel the little trick Because he is the drunken master Once upon a time of China Rosamund Kwan is real fine But see magic on his spine oh, Golden Swallow has arrived Chan Chee movies Will the hero ever survive? We've got the Brave Houch make his way to the top of the mountain gonna fight, may as well pick the spot Yeah, the sky goes black, of the vampire's back We got Lam Jin Ying to kill them all to so stand back He place the black magic on the soul of the sword And our sword will travel until his body's on floors Yeah, Wing Chun Shao, in and Mantis style Yeah, defeat the enemy and watch him run for miles Blood will spill now on the mountain tops When we bring back the soul of the legendary Pops Welcome to the tea house, Ready for some action Drinking little wine, we getting drunk and then we're fighting ha- this time it's warm We smash the place up with our dragon claws We walk to the tea house ready for some action Drink a little wine, we get a drunk and then we are fighting. Ha! It's time to war we smash the place up with a dragon claw See, it's a game of death, yo, you're facing the big boss It's once upon a time in China, counting the TikTok The showgun assassin slashing blood as the strip drop The head kick, neck drop. balance the bone stop Wanna kill Bill, better get the assassins He's got Emma just in Yellow, but she is in the dragon, But in the tea rooms That's where it'll happen, she got the parties on the floor, when the blood it'll splatter against the walls Don't fear at all, she kill them all There's always blood spilled when you head into a war Fearless, Unleashed. The fist of legend at the car, Jet Li. I'm bolo young, yo, I'll we'll always be a beast You rumble in the Bronx, yo, I'm rumbling the streets And it's simple, see the facts are these There's only ever gonna be one, Bruce Lee Welcome to the tea house, ready for some action Drinking little wine and getting drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time it's one To smash the place up with a dragon cross
0: But walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine,